0: Hello, and welcome to Stride and Saunter, episode 234. I'm Kip Clark, and joining me in the studio today, we have a returning guest, Leland Holcomb. Kip, it's so good to be here and
1: so good to see you. It's good to be catching up.
0: And I appreciate the not-so-subtle nod to the topic, which is, of course, catching up. More specifically, that as a phrase, it evokes a lot of ideas in the way we socialize, especially as adults. I don't really picture anyone under the age of maybe 16 or 15 using that phrase. Of course, I'd be fascinated to hear from international listeners if in different cultures there are non-English equivalents. But for me, the phrase or even the request made to a friend that you catch up feels almost like an oversaturated adult remark. It feels like something you might say to prove that you're an adult, or to be more explicit in the context of our culture, to prove that you are busy. In many ways, if you can't catch up with people, it's because you've got a lot going on. And I've observed that conversely, when you do catch up with people, it's expected that you will have stories, that you will have things to say. So to begin this conversation, as I'm sure I so often appear like a cultural cynic and critic to listeners, I would love to know if you have a leaning or even an emotional association with this phrase, this aspect of our lives. To me, catching up is
1: neither positive nor negative. It's just something that's fairly ubiquitous. I do it with friends. I do it with family. I do it with acquaintances. I do it with colleagues. To me, it's really just something that is done when you're finally with somebody after a period of time, right? So to me, I enjoy it because it means that I'm talking with somebody and we're actually learning about each other's lives, which I think is a nice experience. I like hearing about people's days. I like hearing about people's lives. To me, it's just fun and nice. So I do enjoy catching up in that way. But when I say the words catching up, there's no real connotation. It's more just a thing that I do all the time. I even do schedule meetings that I call catch-ups with people just to kind of put a little bit more of a pretense of being personal with somebody. Whereas in business, sometimes the connotation can be strictly business. I like to sometimes say, hey, Kip, if we work together or you're working on something peripheral to me, but we don't really know each other that well, sometimes I'll still just schedule something and call it a catch up just so that we can kind of make sure that we both think of each other as friends and be make it a little bit more personal. So sometimes I actually use catching up as a phrase to kind of personalize it because it is something that you do only with people you actually care about, at least ostensibly.
0: I find that last remark to be really interesting. I would, of course, love to know if the audience has any particular opinions on it, because in a social or a societal sense, I think there are a lot of us who catch up with people out of formality, one of my least favorite words, because I think life should be a little bit more free, and I do respect routine and tradition to an extent, but in my mind, there are a lot of linguistic markers in our culture. I've seen it, especially in professional contexts where the conversations that are being had almost feel like purely catching up, which to me, in my experience, often feels surface level. And I don't notice a ton of follow-up questions. People will ask what I did this past weekend, or if I have upcoming plans. And it might be on me for having a relatively boring life, but I haven't often experienced that going anywhere. And so that's one aspect of catching up that feels interesting to me. It can be reciprocal, which I think is usually a great thing, but to what extent, I would ask. And I also think the idea of catching up, to dig a bit more into the linguistics, implies a certain race, and that we are either perpetually or often behind. And Leland, in the separate conversation that you and I had recorded that we'll post on Patreon, you had remarked to me, which I thoroughly identify with and made me smile, that you're often behind. You're not quote-unquote caught up with many of your friends, And of course, either of us could point to our phones or other technology we use to catch up with people. But I think the phrase really accurately points to the fact that we're never necessarily secure or satisfied, per se, in those relationships. And that doesn't have to be a bad thing. I do think it's a reminder to stay in touch with people. I just think catching up is an interesting phrasing. But I won't deny that to maintain a healthy friendship or any relationship you shouldn't neglect that line of connection, so to speak, at least not for too long.
1: Great point, Kip. I think another big thing that's behind that is the idea that when you catch up to, there are often things that you're missing, but it's also the fact that you need to contextualize yourself with that other person because relationships are very much actions intertwined. So you really need to make sure that you have the same collective thinking, as friends, because a lot of the things that really bind you with other people is shared experience. And sometimes that shared experience can be in the form of a story. I mean, sometimes you can tell me a story that's so good about your life that it actually is a connection that we have in the telling of the story. Because then maybe I'll go, oh, something like that happened to me this week too, Kip. Let me tell you. Uh, I mean, same thing happened to me. And so I think That's actually one of the ways that's interesting too, is when you really make that connectivity in your lives by sharing stories. Because sometimes you can say you can find common threads in in your lives, even if you're not with each other for those things happening. And it just gives you another way of being more connected. But one of the things I think is interesting too, that I've noticed is catching up has kind of changed for me in some ways. Because I don't know if you've caught up with anybody recently that you haven't seen in a really long time, but it's gotten weird because of technology, namely Facebook. People are actually more caught up on each other than you might even imagine without even trying. I've had this happen to me before where I wondered how much that person actually knew about what was going on with me just from Facebook. So it's this weird thing where we haven't seen each other forever. So you would readily assume, know nothing about what's going on for me. But actually, they know quite a lot. They know I moved to India. They know where I'm working now, where I'm living now. They know a lot about my situation that would otherwise be kind of weird. So you sometimes have to play that game of what do I know about their lives that might be weird that I know from Facebook and vice versa. And so I thought that was a kind of a crazy thing because I saw a really old friend of mine who was asking me about things that were happening to me in real time, even though we haven't seen each other in a really long time. And he went, hey, yeah, I saw on Facebook that you did this. It was really like, whoa, uh, we can catch up in really direct ways now because actually we're more up to speed than ever before on a lot of people that we're not
0: in contact with. So it does change the nature of the beast a little bit. I wholeheartedly agree with you, and it makes me wonder if we're gradually replacing conversation with observation of the people that we know, used to know, or want to keep tabs on to some extent. And I really think that's worthy of further consideration, not necessarily by either of us, but from an audience that is probably, as we are, on social media and participating in similar behavior. There are definitely people that I'm interested in that I might prefer to observe in some way on social media, we often throw the word stalk around, rather than call up or have a face-to-face conversation with. And in my mind, that comes down to time as a resource. It takes less time for me to research, for lack of a better verb, than it would to schedule a call and have a call. You have to be in the same social time zone. You have to make time for one another. Even if you're hundreds of miles or states apart, you have to coordinate to have a conversation and catch up. And I wonder, despite my curmudgeonly cynicism, if in years or decades from now, When maybe we all socialize in very different ways, I will look back on and yearn for days in which I could actually talk to friends of mine who were miles away. I find myself at times feeling exhausted by the prospect of catching up with someone who's not in the same space as me because calls over phone or video chat aren't quite the same. And as you and I have touched on technology, I also think it's worth mentioning that in the previous recording, you and I had talked a bit about the news and being caught up on the news. And I'd really love to hear thoughts you have about that, because I observe the 24-hour news cycle and the more aggressive push of news journalism in particular as something that not only occupies our time, but demands that we be almost perpetually and unrealistically caught up on.
1: Yeah. And before I even get into that, I'll also say to your point about the mediums, I was noticing that in myself recently too. Not just that I like some more than others, meaning I don't like phone calls, but I like video calls more than phone calls. And I like being in person more than I like video calls. I also noticed different ways of communication over those mediums it's really actually impacting the way that I take in information. Because in my job, I interview a lot of entrepreneurs all the time to learn about their propositions, learn about their vision. One of the things I'm thinking about now is how I might bias my own input data based on the medium that I do it in. Like for instance, if we do a video call, might I actually think about the personality of the person behind the business more than the proposition say for better, or for worse. And that's only increasing even more when it's in person versus a phone call. So I've been thinking about those as well. And I think they absolutely have an impact both in terms of your interest in getting caught up via them, but also in terms of how you even communicate with them. Which brings me also to the news thing, because the news cycle is intensely quick. We all know it's real time. And so that's something that I really think has changed the game, because I really think we used to get caught up on news, because you have to get caught up every morning on news, because you wouldn't even know what happened in the world the day before. And oftentimes, the news that you're really getting to was also very limited. So we have this dual function of news becoming way, quote unquote, better, actually, in terms of way more news is coming out. So we're understanding parts of the world that we just didn't have coverage of in real time in ways we didn't before. To me, it's also just an information overload though. So I really think we should spend more time catching up on news because I think we should spend less time being caught up with news in real time and more time putting it off and then catching up on news and pushing it off and living life and then catching up on news. Also, for better or for worse, I really think you have to segment the news that you pay attention to. You can't know everything that's going on right now, but nowadays you can try. And I think it's actually dangerous to try. Because it makes you emotional. It makes you tired. It gives you an information overload. You're going to forget a lot of it anyway. You're only going to remember the emotion. You're not going to remember the facts because you're going to be too tired to remember the facts. And there's too many places to look, too many things to do. And we got lives to lead, in person lives to lead. And we got our own news to create, our own lives to create. So we do have to also focus on who we are, where we are too. And so I think it is obviously important to know what's going on in the world. And that's very, very important, remains important. But I think we can also push it off a little more than we currently are so we can
0: catch up a little bit more on the news. And to connect that back to the social side, which had originally spawned this topic in my mind, I think it's also entirely possible to be overly caught up with the people in your life. You don't need to keep tabs on everything everyone's doing always. And when I look at particular aspects of social media, I think about streaks on Snapchat that encourage consistent, I believe, daily use, though I'm not on Snapchat. I'm reminded of concepts like the fear of missing out, and how many of us are compelled, whether implicitly or explicitly, to be caught up with the people in our lives. And it's really at the crux of this topic for me, that it's easy to try and have a surface level understanding of many things, and when it comes to skill sets or hobbies, I think there's nothing wrong with that variety and being a well-rounded individual, but in a social sense. I really do think depth beats out breadth almost every time. It helps you to know people from different industries, different walks of life, but if you don't know them, there are so many things you miss out on. Can you go to them for your own difficult circumstances? Could you call them at two in the morning if you urgently needed help? If you have superficial friendships that may satisfy you to an extent and may be built upon only catching up and never digging deeper, then I don't know if you could lean on one another in a way that I think human beings are meant to and really thrive on. And I'd love to hear your insights, Leland, on this breadth versus depth approach. Because to me, for as much as I like meaningful and intellectual conversations, and I know not everyone has the time or energy for them, I do truly lament the number of conversations I have with people where I hang up the phone or return to my apartment and wonder, did I learn something new about them? And even for follow-up questions I may have had, have I seen them in a new light or have they showed me something about themselves that I didn't previously appreciate? And of course, relationships are a two-way street, but I think a lot of us think far more about catching up than about really appreciating or understanding in a conversational sense.
1: The way that you catch up is really important, I think both because obviously having conversations, I think, are the best, but also because I think the ways that we're catching up outside of conversations are rapidly evolving in ways that might not be very good. So with technologies like Snapchat, although the relevance of Snap, I understand, is dropping, but things like Instagram, which is increasingly prevalent in Facebook, are highly curated versions of catching up with people, which is problematic for a couple of reasons. One of them could be that from the FOMO perspective, where personally you start thinking that other people's lives, because all your friends are leading these like next to perfect lives, or they're traveling all over the world, or they're doing beautiful, beautiful things. You see these beautiful, beautiful pictures of them. So it might actually make you think lesser of your own life. But even if you can avoid that, the other aspect is you start catching up with friends based on superficial cultivations of who they want to be, not who they are, and really not what they're doing. So now when you catch up via social media, it's often glimpses into curated aspects of their life. It's a, like a movie of your friend's life instead of the real thing. And so when you live with people in real life, you start seeing the small parts of, of life that actually make that person who they are. In addition to the big things that you can catch and you could put in a Snapchat or you could put on Facebook. That's one of the reasons I like catching up with you, Kip, because I think one of the things that you do very well when you catch up is also bring up minutiae which I think is actually important because it's those little things that actually tell me how you are. Oh, I can hear, oh, you know, I went to a sporting event or, oh, I went to this concert or oh, I just traveled to this awesome place. But it's more often when I'm catching up to with people I actually care about, I'm also trying to get a sense of just what they're up to, what they value right now and their general state of well-being. Because a lot of times I'm just checking off essentially one box at a minimum. Is Kip happy or is Kip sad? Is Kip good or is Kip bad? That's really what I'm ticking off. And that sounded kind of doctor Susie in the way I said it, but I, I really do mean that, that I'm really looking to the ways that people feel. And I think that that's something that you don't really get from a lot of the ways that you catch up if you don't do it in the form of a conversation, a true conversation, and ideally over an extended period of time and ideally in person. Of course, you can still catch up very meaningfully in many, many ways, including social media, but I think you have to be cognizant of how you're doing
0: it. And with that very apt call to cognizance and awareness, before we close this episode, what are some things, maybe even some pieces of advice you would like our audience to consider after listening to this discussion? I think one of our biggest challenges now
1: in terms of communication, and this includes catching up with friends, is making sure that we understand all the things that are impacting us and changing the way that we act as best we can, so we can put forward the most authentic representations of ourselves, but also so that we can better understand who we really are. Because I think that the mediums that we engage with in our lives, and this includes how you catch up with friends, is rapidly changing. And thus, the way that we think of ourselves is also rapidly changing. I think it's harder than ever to really understand how you are and who you are deeply And I think that it's really important to look to friends and family, to catch up with them, to speak with them, to figure out who you are and what you value. Because sometimes it's nice when you tell somebody else what's important to you. You go, wow, that is what I think is important. Or, oh, that was nice. We did share these experiences and and you actually live them as opposed to thinking of your life as a movie, as something that you need to send to other people all the time instead of living it. Because I think we spend too much time thinking about what other people are going to be interpreting of our lives instead of focusing on what we actually want to do with it. And that goes for catching up because I think some people want to send out to everybody else these themes and they want to curate these themes about how they're living so that when they talk to that person next, this is the context in which you think of them, which I think is human in a lot of ways. But I think we should just understand how and what we're doing because we have more tools than ever at our disposal to do these things and to have more control over our lives. And I think that they can be powerfully good in our lives but we have to understand how to wield them and how to use them. And I think conversation is one of those things. And I think understanding how to wield and use catching up with your friends as a mechanism to better understand both yourself and your friends, and thus your life, that we should be really cognizant of how we do it so we can really do it in the way that is the most impactful and positive
0: for us. I really appreciate that. And to an earlier point you made, I would encourage listeners to think about how they're going into conversations with people or potentially with the intent to catch up. I don't think many of us ever go into conversations reflecting upon our intentions or what we hope to gather from the other person. And that might even feel uncomfortable or artificial in a way. But I think it's incredibly helpful to reflect on those things because eventually habits like self-reflection become natural. They feel less awkward or less unfamiliar. And I also believe, Leland, as you had mentioned, that there are tools we are currently using in an unhealthy way. And I think we've gotten to this point by not reflecting on how we use those tools some of which are technological, but I think others are pretty basic and sociological. Phrases like, hey, let's catch up, might actually mean something entirely different. I'm sure there are people out there who use that phrase as a polite allusion to a conversation they don't really ever want to have. They're just showing you a common courtesy, but don't really have any interest in your life. And I think that could be an entirely separate conversation. But Leland, for your help in dissecting this and your insights today, thank you. I appreciate the time. Thank you, Kip. As always, the pleasure is all mine. This was great. And like with any episode of Stride and Saunter, we want this to be a conversation among, not simply a conversation between. Ours are only two voices, and we're definitely not the only two people who catch up with those around us. So we'd love to hear your thoughts and opinions. You can connect with us on Twitter or on Facebook. You can also email us via strideandsaunter at gmail.com. And if you enjoyed this episode, consider subscribing to the show as well as supporting us on Patreon, where in exchange for your support, you'll receive exclusive bonus episodes or pre-show recordings like Leland and I made for this episode. And as always, we thank you very much for listening. And from thought to word and voice to ear, this is Kip Clark signing off.